Welcome to Project Panthers, a weekly podcast discussing your Florida Panthers. Now, here's your host, Brunswick. What a week, what a week, what a week. I am your host, Brunswick. The show is Project Panthers, and oh, oh, baby. What a week it has been in Panthers territory. My, oh my. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you found me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform out there on the World Wide Web by searching Project Panthers. Remember to follow us on socials, also by searching Project Panthers. Keep that Twitter chatter coming. It's getting a lot more positive these days out there on Twitter land. Let me tell you, I <laughs> Listen, if you're listening, if you're if you're in tuning into this podcast right now, you know very well the Florida Panthers are advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1996. 27 years, ladies and gentlemen. That's a long time. I I can't even express what I felt last night. The sheer joy, the tears in my eyes. Something I, I, I never really thought I would witness, and I, I doubt I'm alone on that front in terms of Panthers fans. I doubt I'm alone on that front. I don't think any of us really ever expected this team to maybe get there. Maybe maybe in a few years, you know, things were kind of looking up, but definitely not this group this year. Unbelievable. I, it's... It's hard to put into words exactly what I feel. Seeing everyone's reactions online last night, talking to some close friends I've I've made over the years. Shout out to Derek, who's been there for <laughs> last few years with me. Um from um Cubicle Pot the Cubicle Athlete Podcast. So check his show out if you get a chance. Um that's Derek Fortin. But honestly, I just so much happiness and joy and relief and you know Billy Lindsay former Panther great of the uh, famous goal against Boston to eliminate them around Ray Bork in 96 we all know Billy Lindsay right he had a great little moment on NHL Network after the game they asked him how he felt and you know he got it he was emotional he was Struggling to find some words, and I think that's a great uh, a great display of how we all feel and how we all felt last night. Just a loss for words. The post-game reactions from all the players. I think Bobrovsky crying got all of us. I can't imagine a soul on this planet that knew what was happening in the context and saw Bob's reaction to that goal counting and the celebration and everything with the tears in his eyes, the normally very stoic and very reserved Bobrovsky, Sergei Bobrovsky, and he just couldn't hide the emotion. Even though he thought, I guess he thought he was hiding it behind that mask of his, but we all saw it, Bobby. We all saw it. From his reaction to Matthew Kachuk's incredible Celebration after scoring the game-winning goal with five seconds left, with 4.9 seconds left to be exact. The seeing the team engulf him both on the bench, on the ice. Seeing them pick up the Prince of Wales trophy with all the confidence in the world. 
superstitions. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, but not superstitious. <laughs> Love that office joke. But seriously, I. it's hard to put into words. It really is. Everything that was felt last night, the building at what was it, 104% capacity, Flow Live Arena, louder than I've ever heard it before. I cannot believe that Kachuk scored that goal in that manner, in that way. Was the tripping call a little bit questionable? I would say, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a soft call to make with a minute left in the game and a season on the line. It is, for sure. But I don't I don't think that it's that bad of a call that, you know, people are going to be like, what the hell was that? It was a tripping penalty. It was a regular season tripping penalty that they weren't always calling in the playoffs. But I do feel that Carolina got, a, got away with a lot in this game. And I, I'm not surprised it's the playoffs. The Panthers have gotten away with a lot as well. Teams just get away with playing a little bit of a stickier, dirtier game in the playoffs. It's just the way it is. Some people, some teams can thrive in that environment, and other teams can't. It kind of what it's kind of what divides the pretenders versus the uh, contenders. But that was a penalty, and they called it. Panthers had to kill off a penalty and over penalties in overtime. Panthers had had to kill off penalties in clutch situations. Carolina couldn't get it done. They they gave Matthew Kachuk way too much room to walk out in front. Sebastian Ajo with a very um, uncharacteristic move by him to leave Kachuk open on the play. He walks right in, beats Anderson with all the patience of the world. The patience we've seen a million times before from Kachuk. He really is the best in the league around the net with the puck. I don't think there's anyone better than him. I don't think he's the best player in the league. That obviously goes to Connor McDavid, without a doubt. But in terms of handling the puck with poise, patience, and confidence in front of the net in tight spaces. If you've ever played hockey, you know how how precarious and difficult it is to get, get a stick on the puck in front of the net. Most guys will just try to poke at it or try to do... Uh, anything to just get a shot on net. Whereas Kachuk has the wherewithal and the patience, the mindset to gather the puck, cradle it on his stick, and look for a better opportunity. Even if it is just a split second, a hair of a moment. But that extra little bit that he takes that most guys don't take, most people don't take on the ice, that's what makes him the best in the game at it. And we saw that on full display last night. What a gorgeous goal to finish it off and send the Panthers into the finals. Would it be anyone else but Matthew Kachuk? I ask you, could it could it be anyone else but Matthew Kachuk? I genuinely don't... I don't think so. Three goals, three game-winning goals in this series... Two in OT. I mean, what more can you ask for? I thought the I thought he was hurt. I honestly thought after the Toronto series there was something going on with him. It looked like something with his wrist or something with his hand. He just didn't seem to have the same um just accuracy with his stick handling. He just didn't seem to 
do exactly what he wanted to do. In the first series against Boston, he was all over it. And, you know, maybe now that I think about it, maybe it wasn't Toronto, or maybe it wasn't Kachuk, maybe it was Toronto and the way that they were playing him. You know, Kachuk made a real statement in game one, and maybe they made a, a real conscious effort to focus on him, leaving other guys like Reinhardt and Verhey to have nice series. I don't know what it was, but he was a man possessed in this one. You could see everything in him willing his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. The post game between him and Barkov, you know, they shared the uh, plat- the uh, podium after game four, after sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes 4 nothing, And Barkov just raving about Kachuk top to bottom, the kind of person he is, the kind of player he is. You could see and feel the mutual respect between the two. And that is so important to have with your key leaders on your team. The Panthers have had some issues in the past with leadership being divided, things getting clicky. doesn't seem like we're going to have any of those problems with this group. Barkov is right there with Kachuk all the way, and hearing the way that they speak about each other, the way that they see each other as hockey players and as people is inspiring it really is Barkov also I mean how much more can you say about his game we were all concerned when he left game three you know is he is he going to come back what are the extents of the injury is it serious he didn't come back in the game he only played three minutes plus in game three but he's back in game four looked great got two assists had two goals three assists in the four game series Again, dominant defensively, just like he was in the Toronto series, but making even more of an impact on the score sheet. He's looking like a captain. He really is. His game has elevated in a really unique way in these playoffs where we've seen his defensive efforts pay dividends in so many ways, in ways that you don't always see in the regular season. Doesn't show up on the score sheet. But man, has he been there almost Every single shift in these playoffs, lifting a stick, winning a battle in the in his own zone, chipping a puck out. And again, I'm not saying he doesn't make mistakes. He's made his few mistakes. I was very critical of Barkov at the start of these playoffs. Very. In the first four games against Boston, I didn't see much from him. And I was critical. I was openly critical on Twitter. I was not a fan of his. But he found a way, another gear. He dug deeper and has performed in a really, really, really special way this season, these playoffs. And, you know, all the talk has been about Bobrovsky and Kachuk, and rightfully so, they've been playing out of their mind. But, you know, I look at Alexander Barkov's stat line, he's got four goals, 10 assists in 16 games. That doesn't look impressive. But there's just so much that he's doing off the ice that, you cannot put a price tag on, even though Bill Zito has tried his best to do so. You can't. Speaking of price tags, it's a nice little segue here. Bobrovsky, the $10 million man, right? I mean, as recently as two months ago, we were discussing how to trade Bob's contract in the offseason. That was a constant discussion. The belief was, okay, Alex Lyon can take on some duties next year. 
If Spencer Knight comes back, he can take the other half, and maybe you can convince a Chicago or a Columbus or, I mean, not Columbus, but somebody out there to take his deal for the last few years, even with a partially paid contract or something, right? That was the belief. That was the plan. Oh, no, what is what a dud season. Let's just get rid of Bob, and we can't do anything with him on the roster. My, how quickly times change. How short memories are in the world of hockey, right? Now Bobrovsky is the golden boy. He's everyone's golden boy. He's my golden boy. I I have been critical of Bob as much as anyone else. I will not deny that. And he's been deserved of the deserved of the criticism, if I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, I was a harsh when I shouldn't have been. Bob made a, makes a lot of money, and he makes money to play like this, and he has not played like this forever. He has not played like this at all in a Panthers uniform. But there's no reason in harping on that because he is playing like that right now, posting a 935 save percentage in the playoffs, a 221 goals against average, 11-0-1 in his last 12 starts. Just disgusting numbers. From Sergey. He's carrying this team and he won a lot of the games for the Panthers in this one, in this series specifically against Carolina. And honestly, against the Leafs, too. I would say the first couple of games against the Leafs, the, the Leafs were peppering the Panthers a ton and Bob was there. I don't think in the remaining couple of games, Bob needed to be at his best, but he was still there to make the saves. Bob's best game of the playoffs, in my opinion. Definitely game one, that overtime win. Giving the boys that overtime victory after four OTs and almost a fifth OT. That's a huge moral boost. And Bobrovsky was incredible. Anderson was incredible as well. It was one of the best goalie duels I've ever seen in my entire life. Both guys were making unbelievable saves. A lot of people are not giving Fred Anderson the credit he deserves in this series because of Carolina just losing. But, man, any other team in front of him, I bet he wins a series. If there's not Bobrovsky on the other side, he wins this series. 100%. He posted like a 2.0 GAA, almost four goals saved above expected. He was just unbelievable as well. It was a goalie's duel all the way through. But Bobrovsky bettered him. He did. He, he was the best of the two. And, you know, Carolina, to their efforts, they they played a tight game. I knew it was going to be a tough series going in. I thought it was going to be closer in games. I don't think it, you know, it's a 4 nothing sweep, but it wasn't really like a 4 nothing sweep. It's two overtime games, um, all one-goal games along the way, very close, 100% of the way. Series could have swung a completely different direction if Carolina scores in game one in overtime, right? I really do believe that. But the Panthers, there's something about them, obviously. They are the team of destiny. They are the Cinderella team that everyone seems to be cheering for now. There's something about them. They have this confidence, this this aura around them that is hard to replicate if you don't know what it is and how to get it. You know, it's it started in the Boston series. Coming back from down 3-1, all the down and out moments, the Marshawn breakaway, everything that was asked of them in, in clutch moments 
the individual efforts required. And, you know, they they took that energy and effort into the Toronto series, into arguably just as tough of a series as the Boston series, and they took it 4-1 convincingly. A lot more convincingly than the Carolina series, I would say, um, which makes sense. You know, you play the best in the Eastern final. Uh, but, you know, Toronto had a lot of weapons. They were extremely dangerous offensively. Comparing Toronto and Carolina directly, offensively, Toronto scared me a lot more. They had a lot more dangerous um, break-ins, efforts, puck possession. Carolina's Carolina's offensive efforts were more haphazard. um, Throw shit at the wall and see what sticks type of stuff. Toronto had a lot more finesse, a lot more skill, a lot more design and and um, coaching behind their their strategies offensively. I found, whereas Carolina lacked that. But the Panthers were up to the task. Leafs did not lay down. They had that gritty game four win in Florida to to extend the series. I was feeling nervous then. I'm not gonna lie, but the boys, Nick Cousins gets it done to clinch the series. Beautiful goal. You know, that's all history at this point. But the depth of this team, you know. Ryan Lomberg being out for a chunk of games. And Zach Dalpy stepping in. And yeah, you know, the fourth line struggled a bit. Easily the uh, the team's weakest line. But... That's not saying much. You know, matchups are hard to control in the playoffs. Teams will go after your fourth line if they're if they're any good at their jobs. And they did, and they exposed them. But Dalpy had that huge goal against Boston in game six. His efforts have always been there, and it speaks to the depth of this team that a guy like Dalpy can come in and sub in for Ryan Lomberg without really missing that much of a beat. Obviously, Lomberg's tenacity, effort, his uh, his gamesmanship is missed. But, you know, everyone knows the system. Everyone knows what Maurice expects from that position. And they come in, they slot in, and they play. And they play well. And that is, you know, that's given Maurice the ability to roll four lines almost throughout the playoffs. He's only really had to shut down that fourth line a couple of times in these playoffs, but not very often. And I've seen him give them shifts late in the third almost every game. That is a confidence boost for a fourth line. It really is. Eric Stahl has been really solid back there. A a calming veteran presence. He had a big assist on the Lomberg goal as well as Colin White. You know, they got a huge goal last night to take the lead 3-2. Just the depth, man. The depth. Zito has built a team that, despite being handcuffed with cap issues this year, is deep enough to to make a run in the playoffs and actually get some results. You know, Zito, as a result of that, got nominated for GM of the year. Third, second time in three years. I'll be surprised if he doesn't win it, but, you know, Boston might get it because of the whole record-setting season and all that, but man, a lot of these a lot of these awards are influenced by the playoffs because how can you not be influenced by the playoffs, right? It's the most recent uh, source of information. So you kind of have to be influenced by it a little bit. So I, th- I think Zito is the front-runner in that, in that category right now for that award because 
What more can you say? Uh, and of course, you know, I love seeing all the executive reactions online. I love seeing Bill Zito lose his shit. I love seeing Bobby Lou and his subsequent tweets of shame saying he's really got to get a hold of himself. I was, uh, I checked out his reaction last night. It was, the camera didn't focus on him so much, so I don't think Bobby Lou's going to have quite the embarrassing moment um, that he's had over the last couple, but it's not embarrassing, man. You're excited. You've never won a cup. You came close with Vancouver. The boys want to bring you one too, man. Trust me. The boys want to bring you one. They really do. And like this. Listen, Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is. What an interesting discussion. And it is around Paul Maurice now. The guy that many of us criticized all season long. Lack of. Uh. I don't know, strategy just didn't seem like the team was cohesive, which, you know, in hindsight, we should have seen coming. He said in his presser when he was hired that the team, it's going to take about a year, a season, to figure things out, and they'll assess things at the end of the year and see what works and what doesn't and whatnot. I mean, that's where we are right now, isn't it? It took Paul about a year. It took the team about a year to switch Maurice's system, switch to Maurice's system, and become the team that they are now. This gritty, relentless powerhouse. Like, they are a powerhouse, no doubt. It's crazy to think, but they actually are. They just come at you so hard. Everyone talks about their forecheck. They're 1-2-2. Two, two. You know, the, the first forward in, the two forwards back, backing them up always, constantly. The the defenseman pressuring and pinching on any loose puck on the boards in the offensive zone. That is a constant. There is a constant flow of pressure from the Florida Panthers, and that is Paul Maurice's system to a T. That is a combination of this team growing from the last two coaches, you know, Joel Quenville and Andrew Brunette, although Brunette didn't have that many fingerprints on this team, mostly Joel Quenville. You know, the team really learned a lot of what it means to be relentless, to not give up, to believe in themselves no matter what. And that has now transferred into the Paul Maurice system of relentless, constant effort and determination. And the combination of those two has deemed better than anyone could have expected, it seems. I mean, how many times did we think this guy, these team, this team was done? I was just, we've been playing with house money since the Boston series, and we're in the Cup Finals now. What? What? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's insane to think about. Marchant on the breakaway in Game Five, seconds left. If he scores, the season is over. That's it. We face what Carolina faced last night with five seconds left. That kind of heartbreak. That's it. Their growth from round to round, you know, they they forged themselves into a different team every round. You know, they learned how to come back and 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 push back against a big fucking grizzly bear. Pardon my French, but my goodness, against a big grizzly bear. In the Bruins. And then they learned how to 
how to curb a finesse team, a a, a skill team, a, a team that is all about offense and scoring and how to skate with them and outmatch them at their own game. And then in the round three, they face the defensive team, the team that knows how to play the defensive system, has significantly better talent on the back end than the Panthers do, and they beat them at their own game in that. They have forged themselves into champions through these first three rounds. Anything but a Stanley Cup now is a disappointment in my eyes. This this is a real championship team with championship pedigree and championship blood. Think about, just think about this for a second, okay? Let me take you back. It's March 29th, 2023. Less than two months ago. Okay? Less than two months ago. The Panthers are down 2-1 to one in Toronto. Here, here in Toronto, where I am right now. Here in Toronto, they're down 2-1. Austin Matthews and I believe it was Zach Austin Reese or maybe Callie Yarncroke. I believe it was Yarncroke. They go on a 2-1-1 and they score. Puts the Leafs up 3-1. The Panthers are looking like duds. They're, you know, five games into a f- losing streak. Paul Maurice then goes on his famous tirade. The one that is now, you know, historic, I guess, in Panthers history. All while challenging the goal for offsides. And the goal comes back. It's offside. But Maurice, continue, he fills his team's ears. Matthew Kachuk, credit to him, staring at Maurice the entire time. Never loses his gaze. The Panthers end up coming back in that game and winning 3-2 in overtime. Really gutsy win. A really galvanizing victory. The kind of win that brings your team together. That goal is not made possible if Austin Matthews, if his left skate or right skate is not one inch back. So if he is on side in that play and he manages to keep his drag his skate just a little bit, the Panthers likely don't come back. They likely don't go on a 6-1-1 run after that Leafs game. They likely don't sneak in the playoffs. They don't beat Boston. They don't beat Toronto. They don't beat Carolina. And they don't go into the finals. I mean, forget Austin Matthews. That alone is insane to think about. Hockey really is a game of inches, right? Like, look at the butterfly effect of that. But then also, I mean, the Panthers weren't even guaranteed a spot later on. April 11th. Chicago, I know you were probably watching that game. I was watching that game. Chicago Blackhawks coming to Pittsburgh. They need to win for the Panthers to clinch a playoff spot. No one expects Chicago to win. They've been a dumpster fire all season. Penguins have something to play for. Little did we know that behind the scenes, the Penguins, they're a dumpster fire themselves. Chicago ends up getting a win. 5-2, Buddy Robinson gets two points up. Going down in Panther great history. And the Panthers are in. I remember celebrating that night with a lot of you. Saying, hey, we're in. That's all that matters, right? Just get in. Who knows what happens? (laughs) Now we know what happens. (laughs) 
I mean, I can't wait for the finals. I cannot wait for the first time since 1996. We're going to watch this team skate and compete for a Stanley Cup. It looks like Vegas is the opponent. I don't want to say anything against Dallas, but the Knights are up 3-0. I think it's safe to assume it'll be them. I don't care about the opponent. I think this team doesn't either. They just want to face the next challenge head on. And again, I'm so encouraged by all the post-game interviews. They celebrated the Eastern Conference Final. They celebrated the Prince of Wales Trophy. They did. They took it to the room. Looked like they were pretty happy. But everyone in the post-game said, we are not done yet. We just got more games. You know, We know the job isn't done. We know the job isn't done. They are not resting on their morals. They have more to go. Man, if I'm Vegas, I am shaking in my boots right now. I would not want to be playing this Florida Panthers team with this crowd and this people behind it. Everyone is cheering for us. No one wants Vegas to win. The entire hockey world is behind the Florida Panthers and the story that they have told over the last couple months. Matthew Kachuk is the Cinderella of the league. Everyone loves him. People were worried that the Hurricanes and Flame and, and Panthers series would ruin ratings. Oh, where's the original six teams? Where's the Rangers? Where's the Leafs? Where's the Penguins? Turns out everyone has showed up to watch Matthew Kachuk do his thing on the ice. Record ratings in this year's Eastern Conference Finals. Record ratings. We're getting article after article. Mark Lazarus is doing great work in over the at the Athletic, writing piece after piece about the Panthers and their growth. I cannot recommend them those pieces enough. I highly, highly suggest you go give those a read because it really just paints another perspective on this incredible Panthers season. I I cannot wait for the finals. I mean, I don't know what more there is to say about this stuff. I could sing the praises of this team and this group forever. There's a lot of shout-outs on Sung Heroes. You know, Duclair had a huge goal last night. He's really formed himself into a playoff player who's not a liability out there anymore. Lister Reinen, he went out with an injury last night, so I really hope he's he's back and ready for game, for game one. Can't afford to lose him. He's been such a key player down the stretch and in these playoffs. You know, Lundell, Reinhardt, such depth pieces. The defense, Mark Stahl, what a battler. I cannot believe that this team is making the finals with Mark Stahl as, as their fourth defenseman. But damn, you can call me wrong because he has been so stellar. Yeah, making mistakes. He's an older guy, but he seems so mean to play against. He seems like a real ass to play against. And on that front, Gudis as well. Radko Gudis, a tough, tough guy to play against. Yeah, he takes some dumb penalties, but man, it comes with the price when you got a guy like the Butcher back there. Again, I could just keep going. But you know what? One place I definitely am going, I'm going to South Florida, baby. I am going down for a Panthers finals game. That's right. I am going down. I'm taking the wife, taking the baby. We're going down. We're celebrating. It's going to be a party down there. Hopefully the heat advance too, so Miami is bumping for everyone. I'm not necessarily a Heat fan, go Raptors, but I love me some Kyle Lowry, so I'll be cheering for the Heat this year too. I mean, folks, this is what we've all dreamt of, right? This is it. This is everything we've wanted for so many years. 27 years since they've been in the finals. 
I've gone from a prepubescent little boy to a full-grown, I won't say mature, but a I'm a male. I'm a human male now with a kid and a house and all that shit. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but I I know I'm not the only one who's gone through those that many life changes over the years because it's been a long time. It's impossible to not go through changes in 27 years, right? Well, thank you for joining me on this. Listen, this next episode, I don't know what will come for it from it. It might even come from down there. Who knows? But, folks, I, I hope to meet some of you down there in the coming weeks. I am so, so, so excited to see the Florida Panthers play in the Stanley Cup Finals. I am Brunswick. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Project Panthers. Please, please remember to follow us on all the socials. Tweet all your celebration videos, your pics, your everything at me. I want to see it all. I am on cloud nine, cloud nine with the rest of you folks. I <laughs> this is insane. It's just insane. Let's go, Panthers. Go, Cats. Go. Have a week. <laughs>